we are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Toledano. It is an insider look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall, will give his unique perspective on hot topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and C.J. Teledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history from Onyx Collective and Hulu. Based on the Wired cover story by Jason Parham and directed by Princess Penny. Executive producer of Insecure, Black Twitter. A People's History tells the story of how black voices found a new home online and blossomed into a force for change, while laying down some hilarious tweets along the way. If you were there for Meet Me in Temecula or Thanksgiving Clapback, you need to see this series. If you weren't there, time to dive in. Watch how Black Lives Matter grew and gained force because of the voices on Black Twitter, bringing these issues to the forefront like never before. From the memes to the movements, see how this powerful community shapes culture, society, and politics. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. Black Tech Green Money isn't just about telling the stories of successful black entrepreneurs. It's also about giving actionable and wealth-building strategies that help you protect the future of our communities. That's why we're pleased to be supported by State Farm Insurance. State Farm also believes that we must invest in our communities to achieve economic growth by sponsoring programs like the AXO which rewards high school students for their academic achievements. State Farm believes that being better neighbors creates better communities. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You know a spot, but not just a spot, the spot. Actually, with the 2023 Nissan Frontier, you know a bunch of them. But the key to these great spots, being able to reach them in the first place. Your spot is out there. Find your frontier in the 2023 Nissan Frontier with standard 310 horsepower, advanced tech, and 281 pound-feet of torque. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. Ten more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Charlemagne the God. We are The Breakfast Club. We got our guest host with us, Lala, here this morning. Hey. And we got our guest. A person I'm, right I'm happy now. to see. But also not happy to see. Oh, Lord. Why is- oh, yes. <laughs> yes. He knows why. Yes, yes. He knows why. Stephen A. Smith, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Welcome. What up, baby? Hey. It's good to see you, man. Good morning. It's always good to see you. You know this man Lala. dedicated the whole last chapter to his book, Damn Near Slander and Cowboy Fans? I'm not mad at it. I'm, I'm like, why? I wouldn't say what? slander. I wouldn't say slander. <laughs> I was being factual. And once again, <laughs> I was proven to be correct. I mentioned you on 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 Get Up the other I heard morning. About it. I'm yeah. like, it's ridiculous, man. These these Dallas Cowboy fans, they're like cockroaches. They're everywhere. They're delirious but I, cockroaches. But I told them, I said, just be patient. Everybody they was winning games. Everybody was excited. I said, just be patient. It's coming. And sure enough, when the lights got brightest, what happened? You'll be happy to know I had no expectations for the playoffs. They'll tell you. No, I did. had none. He did. I actually thought they were gonna lose the Tampa. Okay. Well, you I do really understand did. you're an anomaly. 
an aberration. I'm, I'm learning. Most Cowboys fans. You're learning. I'm learning you're, to be emotionally you're, disconnected. You're, that's what you have Cowboys. to do. You have to do because they're going to break your heart, bro. That's right. That's what the Knicks do to me. That's what the Cowboys going to do to you. That's right. Now, we can talk about sports all day, but you got a book out. No, yeah, man. An amazing book, by Thank the way. You. Now, Thank you bro. go into your life about this book. Usually, you don't talk about your personal well, life never. at all. I we don't. never hear about your personal I don't life. I never hear about your Some personal life. Some of these stories life. that I've been hearing, I was like, really? Yeah. I had no idea. So, why did you decide to talk? to go so in-depth about your personal life. Well, first of all, the seat that I sit in every day doing first take on ESPN, you know, I pride myself in not character assassinating people. I talk about what you do, not who you are. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, by being in that seat, similar to the seat that y'all have, if you're gonna do something like that, then you know what, you owe it to the audience to let them know who you are, where you come from, what your perspective is, et cetera, et cetera. And I gotta give both of y'all props, actually all three of y'all props, because all of y'all have been authors. And the fact of the matter is the kind of limelight that y'all have been in, the seat that y'all sit in, when you start writing about something, you know, you, you, you ultimately feel an obligation to let people know who you are, what you're all about, what your perspectives are. And so to me, to see people do that, I knew that it was if I was going to write a book, there was only one way I could go about doing it. it ain't no some damn sports book. It's got to be about me, mm -hmm. who I am, how I think, why I came to be, how I am, the way that I think, et cetera, et cetera. I thought I owed that to the audience. And the only reason I hesitated uh, once I got left go, let go by ESPN in 2009, in 2011, people were coming to me to write a book. Mm -hmm. And I knew I wanted it to be about you know, my life, et cetera, et cetera. And my mother at the time who had just gotten diagnosed with cancer, uh, one that she lost in 2017, God rest her soul. She said, she made me swear, you will never write this book hmm. while I'm alive. I understand hmm. why after we reading it, because yes. I'm sure it had to do uh, with your relationship with your father. Yes. Which I felt like- That's exactly know, why. Yeah, you addressed the topic most men don't discuss enough, and that is our relationship with our fathers. How difficult was it to- explore that topic it was hard and the reason why it was hard it wasn't the writing process it was the editing process which y'all all know you know mm -hmm. you write it but they look mm -hmm. at it the editing process and so when they're editing it's calling upon you to revisit and revisit over and over and over again and i didn't wait until a book was finished to like show it to my sisters i got four older sisters and i didn't wait until the book was finished when i wrote those specific chapters mm -hmm. i sent it to them and they didn't talk to me for two weeks. Really? Um, and I thought wow. they were originally upset. They weren't upset. They were just saying, we have buried these memories wow. a long wow. time ago. And you brought them back and up. And they right said, yeah, you brought it back up. We, don't, we ain't knocking you for it. We understand. But it just hurt a lot to revisit some of those experiences because we had buried them for the longest time. And the details that you had, they couldn't believe that I remembered because I reminded them. And they were like, yeah, you never this happened, those. this happened, that happened. Yeah, my I said, dad is I no forgot. hero? Yeah, my dad, I, he, I, he wasn't. I feel like the things you said about him in the book are the things you wanted to say about him at his funeral. Yeah, that's accurate. Yeah. Um, I told him to his face. Mm -hmm. I didn't say anything in the book that I didn't tell him to his face. Okay. Um, so let me be clear about that. In 2018, he passed away 14 months after my mother passed away. Mm -hmm. And when he passed away, I called my sister Carmen the morning of his funeral. Mm -hmm. And they had mapped out the funeral and you know the pastor was gonna give the sermon, he was gonna eulogize him, all this stuff. And I said, I'm doing the eulogy. And Carmen was like, God, no, Steve, please. <laughs> please, Steve, don't do this, don't do this. She said, what are you gonna say? I said, you'll find out when you get to the funeral. And she's like, Steve, don't do this. What will mommy want? What will mommy want? You know what mommy would say? I said, I got it. And I was going to go in. Mm -hmm. And I was going to literally say everything that you see in the book. Mm -hmm. and, and you spoke to Pastor A.R. And I spoke to, I called Pastor A.R. Bernard. Something told me to call him. Mm -hmm. You know, I've been going to CCC. I've known Pastor Bernard for 30 years. And so I said, let me call him. 
And I called him and told him what I was feeling. And he was like, you're right to feel that way. I'm very familiar with your story. He said, you're not wrong. He said, but the Bible talks about God's grace and God's mercy. And he said, and you might want to think about that before you decide to speak your truth. Mm. And when I eulogized my father, I went up on the, I went up on the stage after everybody gave all the portables, all the, you know, all, all the nice things, the pleasantries they had to say about him. And I walked up and the first words out of my mouth was, that's y'all memories of him. Mm-hmm. Memories of my family, we have an entirely different story. And I saw my cousin Derek keel over like, oh no, please. Mm-hmm. And I saw my brother-in-law was like, oh Lord, he's about to go in. And I saw neighbors that were in the audience that I hadn't seen in years that just showed up for my dad's funeral. Mm-hmm. And they were like literally lip syncing to me. Please don't, mm-hmm. please don't do this. And I said, my father was not a good man. I said, but then I brought up my mother. I said, my mother knows nothing about sports. I'm Stephen A. I work for ESPN. The world knows, the sports world knows who I am. My mother says EPSN, whatever it is. I don't know what, she didn't even know the letters. Mm-hmm. I said, but she knew what a home run was. She knew what a, a no-hitter was. She knew what a, a stolen base was. And she knew it because of him. Because she loved my father so much that she knew baseball because of him. I said, mm-hmm. so there evidently was something very special about him to have a woman like my mother. And then I talked about a lot of the happy moments Mm. that he gave us. And then I ended it by saying at the end of the day, he's still my dad and I love him. And I don't think I would have gotten to that point if it wasn't for A.R. Bernard. Wow. What made you change uh, your perspective of how to talk about him for the book? Was it because you could add more context? More context? Because I could add the full context. And and not only that, I owe it. If I'm going to write it, Mm -hmm. you know, well, then, you know, they, they, I didn't know it was going to be like 78 to 80,000 words, but I literally wrote 90,000 words. I wrote the book myself. And when a ghostwriter, it was me. I wrote this book. I did the audio. Mm -hmm. It wasn't, it was another voice. It was me. And I just said, if I'm going to do this, then I owe it to everybody. I mean, and, and, you know, because of the business that I'm in, I imagine talking to you, you, or you, mm-hmm. I can see the questions, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm experienced enough to know what's coming. I know what I would ask. I know what I would think about. And I wanted to make sure that I left no doubt as to where I stood and, you know, what I was trying to say. And that's what I did. And I, I have a question. So even, even though obviously you know how you felt when you were writing the book, cause it was your thoughts and feelings. Was there a sense of like that therapeutic element like, you know, when people actually put the words on paper and, and write it down and read it and look at it, a lot of authors say, like, it's a form of therapy. It's like I finally got it out my head and on the paper. Possibly so. I'm not I'm not I'm not saying that I didn't feel that way, but there was a bigger emotion coming from it, Lala. Mm-hmm. I, I you know, when my mother passed away, mm-hmm. I was a mama's boy. I loved the dearly. We were very tight and I was devastated for a long time. What I would tell you is while everybody else around us was very sad, the emotion that I had was fury. And the fury that I had was that, you know, this is five years ago. I got my first big contract from ESPN in 2015. I got the second one in 2023 years after she passed away. But I was there and I knew that I was in a position where obviously I could give to her but I was getting to a position where there was so much more that I could give to this woman mm-hmm. who had done everything for mm-hmm. us. Uh, worked two jobs, 16 hours a day, seven days a week, one week's vacation a year for 20 plus years because she had to, because he wouldn't do his job. Mm. And so because of that, to see her in the grave before him 
And to see her deprived, she was 76 years old. My mother was at a point where let her go on a couple of cruises a year mm -hmm. and she's in heaven. Right. Well, obviously I'm in a position to do more than that for her. Mm -hmm. And so for me, for her to pass away, I was furious. So when it came time for his funeral, it, it just galled me the thought of everyone showing up to celebrate someone who had taken so much away mm -hmm. from her. He took away from us too, but that's all right. Stuff happens. Nobody's perfect. Mistakes deal happen. But when it came to my mother, it's a different kind of animal. You can make mistakes in life and a relationship will fall apart. I'm man enough to say, okay, that's y'all business. As long as you ain't put your hands on my mother, we good. That's y'all mm -hmm. business. What was unforgivable to me was not paying any bills. Yeah. Allowing her to work the hours you were supposed to be working, right. to have the obligations you were supposed to have. So when you That's the that pressure you're supposed to take off. You said you had man. a conversation with him. When you had the conversation before he died, what was his reasoning? Was well, this was years earlier. I would tell you about five years earlier, we were in my dining room. We were in my mother's dining room. And my father was one of those dudes that was stubborn to the end. And he, didn't, he never saw that he was wrong until he absolutely had to. And so he's in there and his older brother, my uncle Freddie, was sitting next to him. And my father was like, you don't know what the hell you're talking about. You don't realize what I've done for you. I said, you haven't done anything for me. You know you haven't done anything for me. Don't give him, so, don't give him too much of the book now. Right, yeah, exactly. Gotta, and, I, and, I, and I said <laughs> I gotta that. gotta go buy it. And I said that. And, um, you know, he started arguing with me. And my Uncle Freddie looked at him and he said, Basol, that was his middle name, Basol. And he said, shut the fuck up. Mm. He said, this is Steven. He's a journalist for a living. You know he knows what you, what you have and have not done, chapter and verse. You have no shot. Just be quiet. And my father just sat back and just took it. And I just, I just left it alone from there. You know, wow. I think the, the relationship with your father is the most important part of the book because yeah. it opens up so much other stuff. Like you talk exactly. about how watching your father and your mother's relationship made you never want to get married. Yeah. Wow. And you talked about things in the book. I didn't know. I didn't know you had two baby mamas. Mm -hmm. How you, how Disney going to feel about that? Well, first of all, I don't expect them to like it um, because it's the one thing that my mother was ashamed of. Mm. of my entire life. I've been on this earth 55 years. She passed away when I was 49 going on my 50th birthday. And that was the only thing that my mother was ever ashamed of me for. Uh, because I wore, you know, I had condoms on lock like, like, like credit cards. It was mm -hmm. like, I didn't leave home without them. Mm -hmm. You know, I was never going to compromise myself by putting myself in that position. And then I lost my way. And so because of that, you know, my mother was like, okay, so now that you did, you screwed this up, she said, there's only way, one way you can make up for it. You have to be the best father that you could possibly be. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You have to make sure what you made a promise to me about from the time that you were 16 years old, that you will never be like your father. She said, that's what I expect. And so because, since that moment in time, that's why when Kobe passed away and everybody's talking about that girl dad, that girl dad, it's like it resonated with me mm -hmm. in a very significant way because, I mean, my daughters are everything to me. And so... You know, I and, and I've always lived by this philosophy, but it's the same with my mom. It was with my mom as it is with my daughters. You know, think I'm not comfortable unless they're comfortable. I don't eat unless they eat. Mm -hmm. I don't I don't go on vacation until they go on vacation. I don't live a posh and affluent life unless they live in it. I make sure that they're taken care of first. And the thing that I was that I shamed her with mm -hmm. is also the things that I've made her very proud about. She was very proud of the father that I am. And I'm very proud of the father that I strive to be. It's a never ending process. 
I am not looking forward to growing, you know, growing older with two daughters, thinking about the man I once was before I became a daddy, mm -hmm. you know, praying Absolutely. and hoping we, that they don't run in that. to a young Stephen A. Yep. Um, you know, I'm definitely, I'm definitely that dude. Uh, but I'm also very, very happy and very proud of the father I am. And having two beautiful daughters has made me a much better man and a much better human being and far, far, far more compassionate mm -hmm. than I ever thought I'd be. And I, I know we don't got much time because you got to get the uh, sure. go down and do first take. But I, it's a, so much. Does Skip ever get in trouble for anything he said on first take? Because you talk about the times. you First take or, or his on show? First take. You, on first take. Because you talk about the times that you got in trouble on yes. first take. And I'm like. Well, Skip had crazy opinions too, and the opinions you had weren't necessarily like I, I never, I never, suspension I, I, worthy. Of I never recall Skip getting in trouble. Wow. Um, ever, um, in terms of a suspension or anything mm -hmm. like that. Um, when I got suspended, I was furious. I did not believe I deserved it. I was pissed off mm -hmm. to the highest degree because I just thought that you know it was made into something that it wasn't. And so for me, whatever my opinions are. I don't mind anybody coming at me about that. This is what we feel about what you said. It's when they try to branch it out and turn it into something that it was not. Mm -hmm. That's what pisses me off because what happens is when you have Disney, Disney, and, and I'm not knocking Disney for this at all. Listen, man, we got stockholders, got shareholders. You got people to appease. And so you got to pay attention to everybody. You ain't after black, white, Hispanic appeal. You have to mass appeal. You want it all. And so as a result of that, you have to pay attention to everything and everybody. And so when that noise is made, my boss at the time felt compelled to respond to the noise. And when he got suspended 48 hours earlier, he told me I wasn't going to be suspended. Exactly. We're fine. Yeah, I read that. And then, you know, he turned around and suspended me. And so for me, it was, it, it, I've learned a lot. I'm a lot better. And what I try to do, and all of y'all can attest to this at one time or another, we've all had private conversations. I'll whisper something in y'all ear about something to watch out for. Mm -hmm. I'm very, very mm -hmm. big about these are the minefields. Yeah. Watch out, because what I'm saying is as a product of corporate America, somebody that's been in corporate America for over 30 years, I kind of know where the minefields are. Mm -hmm. And so as a result of that, I might see cats on the come up that I think is going to be in my position or an even higher position. And I'm saying, come here. Let me make sure I tip you off to this. Watch out for this. Watch out for this. Watch out for that. Because I want y'all to succeed. I don't want y'all to fail. Who the hell wants to be successful alone? Now, who the I was shocked that Skip sat with you, though, when you got suspended. Oh, LJ, it shocked me, too. But he, he, he didn't, listen, he, he walked off the set and said, I ain't coming back until my man comes back on. Because he knew it was wrong, too. But I was really shocked that he took that position. I certainly didn't ask him to. And I'm appreciative of that. Doesn't mean I, I mean, we still disagree 99% of the time, mm -hmm. but I did appreciate the fact that he took that position on my behalf. I, 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 go I was gonna say, who are the worst fans? Are they Cowboy fans? Man, I care about that. Uh, skip, skip fans yeah. or the Navy fans? <sighs> Cowboy fans, nobody's worse. <laughs> nobody's worse, but I will tell you, I will tell you. The Navy got at you a little bit. They, Listen, they came for your head. First of all, let me be very, very clear. You don't give a damn about I don't name. give a damn. <laughs> I want to be very, very clear about that. It doesn't phase me. It really, really doesn't. I, I'm just, I, Lala, I, I, to, you've, known, you've known me for years. I'm just built that way. Rihanna, if she had a problem, that would have bothered me. Not her fans. I, I challenge anybody to, to tell me one negative thing I said about that wonderful performer and young lady. Well, you I've didn't give no nuance to it. No. You just said Rihanna okay. no Beyonce. Well, well, like you just said Rihanna doesn't perform as well as Beyonce. Well, let me give you yeah. an insight. Let me give you. Let me hook okay. you up on the inside. Sherry Shepard's team. Mm -hmm. I promote my book last Tuesday. Mm -hmm. Sherry Shepard's team comes up to me and they said, 
since you're here, we want a debate like format. We want to have fun with it. I said, okay, bring it. No problem. I didn't know what they were going to ask, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? but I said, sure, no problem. So I'm expecting a debate, right? And I knew that I was just in the room talking about Beyonce because one of my all-time favorite performers, Beyonce with Bruno Mars and Coldplay is one of my favorites. Now, obviously, right. Jay, you know, Dr. Dre and Snoop and them last year. I mean, it's, I mean, Lord have mercy. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm mad I wasn't there, but that's, I, I, I think that Beyonce might be the greatest female performer of all time. Mm -hmm. That That's how I feel about her. I think Rihanna's fantastic. Mm -hmm. I think Rihanna's fantastic. By the way, both of them got my money because I bought both albums, mm -hmm. okay? So my attitude was, Rihanna's great, but I'm thinking you got a lot to live up to because mm -hmm. there's only one Beyonce. Now, you agree, fine. You disagree, fine. How we get to the point... Why he got to pit two black women again? Really? Well, no, I, I, I can't, I can't, I just can't be a fan now, of both, but I prefer Beyonce over Rihanna. That's a crime. Now in your I book, didn't know that. In your book, you talk about learning lessons. Yes. And you have gotten in trouble for that before yes. when you pitted Aisha Curry against uh, Savannah James. That's right. That's right. Uh, fair, listen, first of all, this. Yeah. Fair question. <laughs> Lala said, yeah. Fair question. <laughs> Lala, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna talk. I'm gonna talk. You I'm said that tape cost you the sports in the gig, which I'm, I didn't know. You better talk to Lala. I'm gonna talk to Lala. I didn't know. I didn't know that. that yes, yes. Let me explain what happened. <clears throat> so Steph Curry mm -hmm. is in Game Six of the NBA Finals. LeBron and Kyrie are coming. Mm -hmm. They won Game Five after Draymond got suspended. Mm -hmm. Bogut and Iguodala got hurt. Mm -hmm. They win Game Five. Game six, they come in at Golden State. They down 12 with about four minutes left. And Steph Curry fouls out. Steph Curry pulls out his mouthpiece, tries to throw at the official, but misses it, hits a fan by accident, blah, blah, blah. Aisha Curry goes ballistic. What y'all may not have known mm -hmm. was that, and, and I love Aisha Curry. I mean, no problem, no, throwing no shade on her whatsoever. I'm just telling you what happened. Prior to the game, she had tweeted, that she was upset because they were backed up in traffic. Now, Jay-Z and Beyonce were coming to the game, but nobody knew. So the Cleveland Arena, the Gundar or whatever it was, right, the Quickest Loans Arena, they held up the traffic. So she was mad about that and was talking about how the wives and the family of the players for Golden State were being inconvenienced. She complained something else about the officiating, blah, blah, blah. Wow, now you Aisha versus Beyonce? No. So crazy, man. Stop, man. So, so, so what happened is that she did that, and then she went off after Steph Curry, you know, mm -hmm. fouled out all of that other stuff. What I said was, you are representing your man at that particular moment in time. Anything that you do, it's not you. It's the wife of him. And so because of that, you have to guard yourself and be careful. Skip comes back at me and says, oh, please, you know, what are you talking about? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm jumping in like, wait a minute. You will get on LeBron about anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How all of a sudden this escapes you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So that's how the whole Savannah Aisha thing came up because what I was saying was if this were LeBron, you would have found an excuse to jump on him. And we all know that Savannah is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. So what are you talking about? That's all I was saying. My regret was at the same time I didn't say, you are Hillary Rodham Clinton. Bill Clinton, you cannot get yourself into some nonsense because she's running for the president. 
You understand? You can't be out there messing up because it's going to bring attention to her while she's trying to win the presidency. I didn't bring that up because I wasn't thinking about that in the moment, but I'm only bringing that up as an example that I should have mentioned because I wasn't trying to make it an agenda thing. I'm saying if, 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 if Lala is in a public position, if you or you are in a public situation in the moment and there's a tension that some that your spouse or your significant other could potentially bring to you that could detriment that, that could make it detrimental to what you're trying to accomplish. They can't get in the way of that. That's all I was trying to say. Wow, you've been I, in that position. I've, I've been in that position. The thing is that also right. nobody in this room has been married to an NBA player before. Mm -hmm. Day in and day out, you're hearing about things right. that are going on. You're getting vented to about everything. You you have emotions. You act off emotions sometimes. So every night you're hearing about this, whatever's being said, and it's just building up, and you get protective, and then mm -hmm. something just sets you off, and you want to say right. something because you realize your spouse has continuously taken the high road. I said earlier, I remember a time, we talked about it before you came, mm -hmm. when I think I tweeted something at Skip Bayless because I was like, yo, enough with right. the mellow slander every right. single mm -hmm. day. And I'm, he's not saying anything. And I'm just like, this is enough because now it's affecting the household. It's affecting mm -hmm. the mood. It's affecting, mm -hmm. so it becomes a bigger thing that it's like, somebody got to say something. Now, is it a right time and place for those sure. things? Of course. But when you care about somebody, mm -hmm. when you're protective and right. when you're competitive, we're all competitors and you act off emotion, you say things that might not be the right time, the right place, but at that time, you're not thinking like that. That's absolutely true. And my point is, is that I didn't blame Aisha Curry for anything. Mm -hmm. You know, I was saying in that moment, you can't do that. I've never said a word about her prior to that, mm -hmm. right? And so I said that. And when I said that, her response was, you pitting two black women against each other. And I was like, what? How we get to that? Well, so you, then- You did whether you realized it or not. Okay, fine. Yeah. I didn't look at it that yeah, way, yeah, yeah, but yeah. that's fine. If you're saying that I did, okay. Mm -hmm. Well then now I'll correct it. Mm -hmm. So what happens is I go back to the office and a, a few days later after the finals is over and it's like a damn morgue. Executives are walking around. They head down. <laughs> I'm like, what the hell happened? Mm -hmm. And they were like, man, what you did, it was bad. It was bad. And I find out weeks later, the sports center, the six o'clock sports yeah. center that was supposed to be given to me, I was supposed to host first take in the morning mm -hmm. and the six o'clock sports center by myself at night and it was taken away from me because of that wow. one incident. Mm -hmm. So what's gonna be taken away from you because of Rihanna? Nothing, nothing. And you know something? And, 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 and if it ever does, fine. Because at the end of the day, there's a level of authenticity that has to come with what we do. Mm -hmm. I agree. I'm gonna be me. Damn it, that's how I feel. I did not say a negative word about Rihanna. I think she's sensational. I'm just a Beyonce fan. When you go in here, I don't care. And if anybody tells me differently, I'm not going. I'm not going to even discuss it because you're lying. We go home. We all got our favorite artist. We all have our favorite actors and actresses. We all have. The, uh, there's a particular show we like watching more than others. There's a particular. There's a particular music we like listening to more than mm -hmm. others. It doesn't mean that we don't like this person, this person, or that person. It just means we have our favorites. That is not a crime. You just and, didn't and, explain and, the context on Sherry. There okay. was no context to it. it was well, I didn't know I would have to. How did yeah, I know yeah. this was going to happen? You got to remember, you live in this world. Yeah, I'm yeah, doing yeah. sports. I didn't even know. Did you know that I didn't know about Navy until last week? Really? I had no clue. As soon as you said it, I, I could have said it. But I didn't care about, <laughs> no, I didn't care about <laughs> that. What I cared about, to be honest with you, the one concern that I had was right on this show when Angela Rye was talking about why are we pitting two black women against us. 
I, oh my God, I'm glad mm -hmm. I wasn't here that morning. Because mm -hmm. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Mm -hmm. So if I sit up there and I say, listen, I'm not apologizing for this. For example, there's a lot of people that I like. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of women that I know that are cool people. I don't like too many people more than I like Lala. Lala's always known that. Mm -hmm. I ain't apologizing for it to anybody. But if you say I like Lala more than, so then it's not so even. Yeah, yeah, listen, I'm not gonna do it. I don't feel like I don't feel. I don't feel like it. No, no. If I sit up there and I say you ugly, you got a stink <laughs> attitude. I don't like you. That's different. If I sit up there and say, look, you know, you a sensational woman. But you ain't Lala. Damn. That might oh be God. something you got to get over. <laughs> you got to get over that. Oh you know what I'm saying? I mean, listen, listen. I'm not a lot of people. So what? So if somebody but, says, Stephen, you ain't no Kendrick Perkins. Which, so, I love Perk, but that's So, that, so you know. what? Yeah. That's your opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last time I checked, the check still comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still got my job. I'm still going to work every day. I'm still the number one show. You can say talk what you want to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you can say what you want to say. It doesn't. It doesn't affect me. Now, if you sat up there and said you ain't shit, that's a different topic. That's a different conversation. Yeah. But if I, if you have someone that you prefer more than me, so what? Now, Stephen got to go. I know so I have a question. But, no, I want, but so, because uh, so, do you just feel like in your position, you really just cannot care what anyone thinks about you? Because no. I feel like people always want to say like, I don't care what anybody does, but there is a point that everyone does care and everyone has a place where they truly do want to be liked by people. But I'm not saying I don't care about what people think in general, Lala. Mm -hmm. I'm saying there are certain things we can't care about because we know it's not as unfair and as inhumane as people are trying to make it out to be. Mm -hmm. If I sat up there and I disrespected Rihanna and I said, I don't care, that's a problem. Because she doesn't deserve that. Mm -hmm. She's home. She's a new mom. She's a beautiful artist. She's doing her things. Most people would dream to have the life that she's had. She's earned it. I got nothing but mad love and respect for her. If I said something disrespectful like that and I didn't care, that's a problem. That's a lack of humanity. I would never do that. What I'm saying is it's not a crime to say, I'm a huge Beyonce fan. There is only one. Mm -hmm. And you about to go on the same stage. She has blessed not once, but twice. And there is a standard to live it's up to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's nothing wrong. You come on first take. I'm sorry, y'all. There's a bar that's been set. I've said it. You come on Breakfast Club. There's a bar that's mm -hmm. been set. Y'all said it. You do what the things, all the different things mm -hmm. that you're doing with power and now BMF. I'm seeing you. I'm watching what you're doing. You know, you continue to ascend. Well, damn it. Everybody can't measure up to you. Now, that doesn't mean they're whack. It doesn't mean they're not gifted. It means they're not you. You got a line in the That's book. All. That, you got a line in the book that kind of sums that up. You say on first take we capitalize on the kind of polarization people supposedly uh, abhor. What's the word? Abhor. I believe so. I'm I trying to remember. As I mean, I read it. I read it eleven yeah. times, but yeah. I'm just. But that's what that feels like, though. In terms of what? Like what you're discussing. Like it's the kind of polarization, you know, people act like they don't like. But, but what we I, do it all the time. But what I'm saying is this: you you wake up and you pay attention. We all do it. Mm -hmm. You have a show. You know what's trending. You know what's newsworthy. You know what's percolating. And as a and not only that, you know who percolates. Mm -hmm. And so because mm -hmm. of that, it it determines what subject matter you're going to tackle because you're not doing the show for you. You're doing the show for the audience you're trying to reach. And I have an audience that has an expectation as it pertains to content. And so when we're talking about sports and it's me, there's a level of expectation that they have as it pertains to the issues I'm willing to tackle. I'm mindful and cognizant of that and I operate accordingly. Mm -hmm. And when somebody questions that, 
I would remind them I've been number one for 11 years, every month, every year for 11 years. So evidently, I kind of have an idea of what people want to see and hear. All right. You know, I know you got to go. I got one more question because sure, it, it, it ties into all of this. In the No Safety Net chapter, you know, you talk about uh, basically personalities who attack other personalities for things they say. Because you talk about, I think it was the, the Ray Rice scandal. Yes. Everybody got upset with what you said about that. And I feel the same way. I'm like, man, if you got a microphone in front of you, you're going to say something at some point that you're going to get backlash for. Yes. So I don't understand when I see other personalities like calling for other yes. personalities to be fired. It's weak. It's weak. Yep. Yeah. It's, what, what it is is, and remember this, all three of y'all here, remember what I'm about to say. <clears throat> when you're winning, they always come in for you. Because unfortunately, particularly in this day and age, their definition of winning, the closest they can get to it, is knocking you off your perch instead of creating one for their own. Mm -hmm. It's inevitable. And it's just like when he used to call me donkey of the day and all of this other stuff and people expected me to have a problem with him. When I first met you, what did I say? I had no problem with mm -hmm. it whatsoever. Mm -hmm. You know what i Because he didn't attack me, he attacked what I felt about a particular issue. I know the difference. They wanted to create that divide. You're not creating that because I'm gonna root for y'all and I want y'all to root for me and I'm gonna root for a whole bunch of brothers and sisters to make it. But in the same breath, you have to be real and authentic about what's going on in the moment that is going on and do what you can to enlighten folks if you feel you have an enlightening point of view. That's what you do and you let the chips fall where they may. People who don't win are real good about doing what you described. Mm. Let them keep doing it because it reminds you that you're a winner, otherwise they wouldn't be talking about you. I, I wanna end it with something sure. because I learned a lot from you and I feel like it's vice versa. I yes. do wanna say this because I it was is. really sitting here thinking about what we were talking about earlier and I wanna say this, you know, it is important Everyone can have an opinion yes. and who, who you like better who mm -hmm. is, is your opinion. Yes. But I will say this, as a black woman, let's acknowledge and celebrate the fact that we have two amazing, talented black women who were able to do the halftime show at the Super Bowl. Absolutely. Outside Absolutely. of sports, right. fans mm -hmm. and players, the majority of people I know, that's the reason they watch the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Not for who's playing. They're watching for that halftime mm -hmm. show. So let's acknowledge and uplift and applaud the fact that on such a mm -hmm. huge forum, you had Beyonce and now you have Rihanna. Right. As a black woman, I'm proud of that. Mm -hmm. That's something that makes me proud. That doesn't take away from your opinion on who you like more or whatever, mm -hmm. whatever. But at that moment, for me, it's about uplifting the fact that we need to celebrate that. Mm -hmm. Well, let me say, well, let me end it by saying this. I completely agree with that. 1000 mm -hmm. percent and what you're saying and what you would prefer is entirely different than someone throwing out an accusation mm -hmm. that my sentiment was making it a divide between two black women that's a difference you're just simply saying they're both great mm -hmm. let's celebrate them no problem no problem whatsoever that's entirely different than and understanding oh, that they're both the reason that Right. Majority of people are even watching. That's right. That's right. You guys are watching sure. for the sports aspect and, and sure. the majority of people are watching right. for that halftime. But what show. happens is, is that when we question people's intent because they express something mm -hmm. differently, what happens is, is then you then lose those folks, those folks that think like that because they're like, oh, here they go with this. And I'm like, no, at the end of the day, Rihanna is phenomenal. And she's got her own army or Navy, as they say. Navy, yep. Beyonce's got her crew. They're both fantastic. They both sell out stadiums and arenas. They're both making gobs and gobs of money and they've mm -hmm. earned it, okay? 
Much love and respect to you. Ain't no doubt about it. I'm rooting for I ain't rooting against her. Mm-hmm. I'm just a Beyonce fan. I, I think with these microphones, uh, you know, and it's something that we, we would debate for to the end of time, yeah. intention versus impact. Yes. Because it's a lot of times my intention wasn't to offend, mm-hmm. but then right. somebody like a law got to be like, nah, you offended. You, know, you, offended. you, know, you right. impacted that person sure. in a negative way. Right. In those moments, you just got to apologize and keep it moving. Yeah, you know, I understand. Well, which, still gotta go, guys. Which is which is what I did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me be very clear. People didn't like your apology Nothing. either, though. Well, the hell with all that. First of all, <laughs> Leslie Jones on Comedy Central, hilarious. She got you. So and, yeah, she and she's you. supposed to. Yeah, 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 That's what she does. I wasn't offended by it at all. All right, because she's great. Not okay. Even the hairline joke. You don't no, no, bro, like... it's it's there, struggling. But I'm 55. Yeah. You know, it ain't like I'm 35 walking around with you ever this thought about doing the I'm 35. Got, you know what? No. Amy no, got no, it. No, 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 you know what? I, I, I might visit here, Club for Men. I might I might visit here, Club for Men, because you know, I, I you know, I, I don't think I'm I'm Godzilla, but I ain't the most attractive dude in the world. But if my hairline move forward, I might have a. Oh, I might, yeah, there might be hope for me. There might be hope for me. There might be hope for me. I got some Manala rice water drops for you. Okay. Does it work? Does it work? It better work, Charlamagne. It better work. Charlamagne, go try. Let me tell you right now, because then they're gonna get on me for getting out of another sister. Because if it don't work, I'm blaming you. I'm blaming you right now. I'm just telling you right now. I'm blaming you. I'm blaming Lala, you, Lala. I'm telling you right now. Did it, Lala, didn't you recommend this for me? That's exactly what I'm going to do. I'm telling you that right now. I'm telling you that right now. I appreciate y'all, though, man. Thank you so much. I just want to tell you one last thing. Yeah, man. You know, we have a new studio. Okay. So now we have the option to go to you when we need some questions. So next time, next season, the Cowboys start losing, and I need to go to you for some backup or some you help. You mean like a Zoom call? Like a Zoom, like right, right to that camera. We could put patch you right in. I got and, y'all. And you, could, and you could just. I'm ish. telling you right I got now. Y'all. I got Cowboys y'all. going to the Super Bowl next year. <laughs> I can't tell you. I right gotta go. Now. I gotta tell you. I can't right do it. Now. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's the breakfast club. Good morning. I can't. Y'all ridiculous, man. Ridiculous. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cb for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. 
VGW Group. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.